Hey, yo, what's up? This is Soccer Shit. Uh, this is our inaugural podcast, and with me is Joe. I'm Kalun. The person next to me is Joe. Say hi. Hello. Um, yeah. So let's start with the World Cup. Um, I guess we should do our group first. We have uh, Iran, England, and one of Ukraine, Wales, or Scotland. Whoever wins that playoff bracket in Europe is going to be the fourth team in a World Cup group. Uh, thoughts on the group? It's not favorable, but it's reasonable. On paper, we're the second best team. Now, the problem is all other teams of the group, their play style is pretty conservative, defensive, low block. We ain't good against that. Yeah. So it's going to be very close. Elon in particular are a very sturdy defensive outfit, at least historically at the World Cup. Um, 2014, they didn't have that much as much quality as they do now, but Argentina had a very hard time taking them down. Nigeria just didn't. Um, 2018, again, Morocco couldn't take them down. Um, and Spain and Portugal just managed to pipe them for that first and second spot. Uh, the ELO, I believe, is top 20. They are ranked 21. The ELO, if I'm is 24, I think. They are actually only two points behind us in ELO. Yeah. Um, and their FIFA ranking is 21. If we go by FIFA, this is actually the most difficult group if you average the um, three teams and four things. If you go by ELO, it's the fourth most difficult group. But I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of stuff in the media, but oh, they're implying this is a very implying this is one of the easier groups and i don't know if that's true but i, I think- don't i yeah i would disagree with that for those of the you that aren't really familiar with iran especially like if you're more familiar with Concacaf, imagine costa rica without kaylor navas but a slightly better attack because they actually have a, a legitimate striker um, he just got recently transferred to Bayer Leverkusen, uh, Sardar Azmoun. He was there in 2018 as well. And the, the names on paper, there's not a whole lot there. Most of them are in their domestic league. But as you alluded to, this is a team that is very de- defensively disciplined. They know what they're the structure is they like to sit in a low block 
try to spring on the counter. They're going to leave it with it's always going to be within a goal when you play them. You're not going to beat them by three goals, no matter how good you are. As you, we, Spain and Portugal couldn't beat them by more than one, and Portugal could, didn't even beat them. Yeah. Um, they conceded four goals in 10 games in the final round of qualifying. They got the most points of any team in that round of qualifying. They were the first to qualify. They, and so that puts them, you know, that puts them above teams like South Korea, Japan. These are decent teams that make the knockouts of the other tournament and are usually a credible threat to teams like us. So you absolutely should not under like count them out, underestimate them. Um, I heard a lot about how this is one of the easy teams in part three. And it's like, I don't know about that. Something that might come to importance in this group is they are our last group fixture. So that you would think that you would like England to be the last one because usually you want the usually you want the last or the best team of the group to be the last team that you face. So they might have quote unquote already qualified, so it would be easier. However, in this case, you might actually want Iran because while we'll probably still need points going in the final game, it's probably unlikely that we have it clinched. But if Iran's in the running and they need to win or get something out of it, that that forces them to at least at some point open up at least a little bit. If they need a win, so they just need a draw. Yes. But my point is, if we face them in the first game, I feel like that would be worse because they'll just settle for a draw. As long as they don't lose the first game, that's a reasonable enough start for Iran. But if you get them in the last game, you at least increase the possibility that they need to open up. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but... That's a good, yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. Uh, I think your summary of this team is pretty on point. There's a caveat, though, when we are referencing the previous World Cup performance. That being, that was under Carlos Quiros, who is a pretty respected international manager. Um, he's a pretty respected manager, period. He's a, if I can just get his shit. Um, he was basically with the group, I think, at 20 in the lead up to 2014 and with the group at 2018 he's coached at Real Madrid he's coached at Man United and as assistant coach but you know he's coached the Portuguese national team the Iranian national team the Colombian national team the Egyptian national team he's a pretty experienced dude and from what I've gotten from Iranian media coverage he's almost like he's extremely respected among Iranian soccer fans and his departure essentially came down to them him not being paid basically he was paying for camps out of pocket um they replaced him with a coach who hasn't necessarily not been successful but that it's possible that the team we face now isn't as organized or able to get the 
is or isn't as cohesive of a unit as the team that was in 2018. In addition to that turnover, they don't have a lot of returning players. From what I was able to get, they only really have three. They got their starting goalkeeper, Adereza. He plays for Boa Vista. He is pretty legit. I would probably put him on par with Turner if I had to make a comparison. Huh. Um, he's certainly not terrible. Uh, we have Sadar Azmoun. Uh, from Bayer Leverkusen he's coming back he's their number one scoring threat he leads the he has 40 goals total for Iran so he's been doing it for a while and they also have a midfielder and sometimes plays as a winger uh, Ali Reza Jahan Bakish he plays in the Dutch league I'm probably going to mispronounce this but Feyenoord who's currently yeah. in third place in the Dutch league he is also uh, he was the one who scored their PK versus Portugal in the 2018 World Cup. He's probably their second biggest threat. So they do have some attacking power, but they don't have any other returning members from that 2018 squad, or at least none that started. So yeah, there's a lot of turnover, but they do have a lot of familiarity. They have at least five players playing on the same team in the domestic league. So at the very least, they're very comfortable with each other. It's kind of like yeah, US in 1994. We just played with each other and nobody else. So I'm not, I would say that they're probably not quite as good in 2018, but considering it between Spain and Portugal, only two goals are scored against them. That's not yeah. exactly making it easy. Yeah. Uh, what was I? It's worth noting this is also in Asia, this World Cup. We've seen that continent that teams tend teams tend to have some sort of home field advantage when they play in their region or continent or whatever. So Iran could be seen as a home team here. And as we saw last time with Russia, when you have a bunch of players who are who've played together for a while, who play in the same domestic league, you you have favorable home optics or whatever, and you're a well-organized unit, you can turn heads and you can beat or advance past teams theoretically more talented than you. So I would not consider this, consider them a walkover. Um, that was an interesting tweet I saw um, from one of their players, I believe. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, the account that they tweeted this is Golb Iran, which describes itself as Iranian, Iranian football's first dedicated podcast. I figured I'd just shoot them, shout them out. <laughs> uh, so, Kareem Ansarifad, is that I, you probably know how to pronounce that better than I do. Um, but... Don't wish me any luck that I can't pronounce either. So. <laughs> so he said, uh, after the World Cup draw, many fans expect us to advance. This is difficult. We are nowhere near England. In order yes, to have... I, I, I don't, I can't remember who had sent it, but yes, I do remember that tweet. Yeah. I don't know how telling that is, or he, if he's just trying to temper expectations. I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I should, if yeah. we should read too much into that. What I'm find more interesting is not 
necessarily that. It's more, we cannot let those whose job it is, Iranian Football Federation, in back it to support us off the hook, which implies some sort of beef with the Federation. And that also was at play with Carlos Quiros's dismissal from the team. So there may be some internal lifts or whatever, though I'm not going to act like I'm an expert in that. But there's been a lot of, from just listening to that podcast I mentioned, there's a lot of dissatisfaction with the Federation currently, which may or may not be notable or significant. In terms of their home field advantage, granted, this can be taken with a grain of salt. I, we don't even know if them playing in Qatar will even count as a home field. They actually played better on the road huh. throughout qualifying than in at home during qualifying. On the road, they had their highest score in games, uh, which was a total of three. They actually were able to pull that off twice. At home, they only scored more than one goal once out of five mm. games. So don't know if that was just small sample size or if that's just a performance aspect. If there's problems with the Federation, might have something to do with it. Maybe that's an extra key to it, but just a little bit interesting of a note for them. Also, yeah. out of their four goals allowed, three of them were from South Korea. And two of them were in that same South Korea in a game that didn't matter. Like this us. is a very this is a very defensively yeah. stout team. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only going to be the primary issue, but you've spoken to it already. But they're a good defense, and we aren't we haven't really proven we can break down well-organized defenses. But maybe they need a goal and they open us open up for us. Um, but yeah, I guess. Would you agree this is the most challenging opponent besides England off the, the two teams we theoretically would It depends on what you mean by challenging. In terms of what the – this will be the hardest in terms of what our expectations are. Obviously, England is the most talented group or yeah. team on paper, obviously. So – and for us to beat them would be – I would say that would be a harder challenge. But in terms of – I'm, assume, I'm going to assume it's going to be Wales uh, yeah. for the purposes of this conversation. I feel like we might have an easier time against Wales and beating them than it would be to beat Iran. But again, the timeline of when we play them could also impact that. We're just going to have to wait and see how that third game plays out. If we beat Wales, that's a load off our shoulders. Yeah. In that first game, because the likelihood of then us having to beat Iran is that much better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we did some good analysis there. Um, I guess on paper, we theoretically have a stronger team individually, at least. Um, Sadar as Moon is seems at least I'm just going off Wikipedia. I, I don't know that much about him. But he's he was in the Zentis, the uh, Russian, even the Russian league. Yeah, uh, he just transferred over from to uh, Leverkusen. He hasn't really gotten a shot yet, but okay, they they wouldn't take him 
if he wasn't good enough to play for the team. So, yeah. and he's he's their uh, active leading scorer for Iran. So, that yeah. underestimate him at your risk is what I would say for him. At the club level, though, he's kind of. I mean, I don't know. He's Wikipedia is telling me he scored no goals yet, so maybe. I think he only he's like just transferred. He only has four appearances total, okay. I think, for Leverkusen. Yeah. So that's a very small sample size. Fair and enough. you'd be better off going from his past. All right. Fair enough. Um it would be nice if he had a nine. We could score could score goals reliably. I mean, that should be Sebastian Pflock. I mean Sibu Sibu Sibichu. Sibichu or Pfeu. Or Pfeuck. PFOC. That theoretically should be PFOC because he scored a bunch of goals in Switzerland. He scored a bunch of goals in the European qualifiers. He scored two goals in six Champions League games. You would hope that he can do something similar to us as Iran's forwards, but I think that could be the big issue, especially against Iran. It's like lacking a nine the well the problem nine. with iran is going to be you break down a low block with set pieces we're not good at that either forget the nine we you're if, if you're going to break down a low block set pieces really assists with that we have the weapons like a mckinney to receive it but unless we're hoping that reyna is healthy because he's the only one that we haven't seen recently take them because this entire qualifying cycle has been a cost or Pulisic, and for whatever reason, they haven't just been good enough. I would like to see Leonard taking set pieces. I mean, he did one. I remember before he was called up, he got an assist off one for Dortmund. Yes. May as well. Um, yep. I think Acosta has been fine on set pieces generally, but... He's probably not starting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I think we've talked a bunch about it on. Should we move on to England? Say England is obviously the powerhouse of this group on paper. They're the runners up to the last Euros and made the semis of the last World Cup. Now, that comes with a calf heat. On both yeah. of those runs, they got very fortunate paths. Yeah, um, I think the toughest team England had to face to the quarter or through the semifinals at the World Cup in 2018 was Colombia. Yeah, and that was a penalty Columbia. shootout. Yeah, penalty shootout, and then basically England is the U.S. on steroids, but with the exact same problem. They have a lot of talent on paper, but their coach is very conservative and is always being complained about holding the team back. So in terms of how we would match up for them, obviously at you pick any position on the field, England is probably going to have a better player. Yeah. However, what works in our favor is the way that England plays. This is actually part of the group that I found fascinating. Every single team in this group works better when they concede possession. The U S is better in transition. Iran likes to sit on a low block. I'm assuming it's Wales. They like to sit and try to go through bail. And then England tries to be methodical, wait and spring with Sterling 
uh, and came. So if when England is, is in possession, they are very methodical, they are very conservative, they're going to try to break you down technically as opposed to with pace or at a high tempo. It is basically, that works into our favor by a lot, which, and it also means of the other teams, we're probably the most likely to pull a point off of England than either Iran or Wales, in my opinion. Overperform. Yes, um, which that could be the difference. Yeah. If we pull off a point versus England and nobody else does, that's probably good enough. To if we out. get a win. Correct. So yeah. I, in all honesty, it's possible that three draws could get somebody out of this group considering how <laughs> conservative and tight it is, which kind of like what New Zealand did in 2010. But we, we don't match up to win. I want to make sure that that clear, but we do yeah. match up to steal a point better yeah. than any of the other teams do. Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting as we were talking about their tournament history, if we just count 90 minutes, which is what's going to be in the group stage game, England tend to drop points a bunch against the part two caliber teams um, in Denmark. That was next the time. Uh, Scotland, they've tied Poland. Um, at the World Cup, Colombia was missing their best player. That went to penalties. They beat Tunisia. They beat Panama. They beat Sweden. But they've... Tunisia was a 90-second header by Kane. It wasn't like that was at a convincing yeah. win either. That They win, but... They're, I would say their best win the last four years was a 2 nothing Euro win against Germany. And that Germany side was the last graphs for uh, Jurgi Lowe. That was, they weren't, Germany was playing terribly. Like I would favor this US team versus Germany at the Euros. They just weren't good. That it, I Just to add on to that, um, Germany under Jurgi Lowe, we're going through a whole thing where he was not calling up older players. He just exiled them from the team or something. And that like just called several of them retired. Yeah, Germany were not in a good spot. And a lot of that was due to coaching, I think. Um, but they have Hansi Flick, who just who recently did the I think the first champ perfect Champions League run, like ever. Like you just win all your games. Um He's now coaching. Germany look better now. Um, but that German team, beating them is not... It's still, you know, they have a lot of talented players, but it's not that big a fair. It's not like they beat France or Brazil. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Yeah, and they've... So. Yeah, I mean, they also were just not able to match up with Croatia. Um, uh, they beat Croatia this, Cro this weaker Croatia side in the Euros, but been able to match with Croatia, I think, in um, in 2018. Um, they were swept by Belgium and um, against Italy, a team that, you know, hasn't, you know, they have a bunch of talented players, but they're not that, I think they're a little less, they have a little less quality than the rest of Europe in large part 
to like just the the place that domestic leagues men for a while like because that's the european powers you know what i'm saying but like yeah they haven't made it out of the group stage since 2006 um they failed to qualify for back-to-back world cups and after initially dominating that game um southgate basically played conservative stopped pressing and italy just completely controlled the next 60 minutes Basically, it's a British grid. Yeah, we we should. Fa- granted, we sh- we should not go into that game expecting a win by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. we should go in there expecting a point to fight for a point. That I is, think we, I think a point is a reasonable expectation. Yeah, I, I would. I would be disappointed actually if we didn't, which might be a little bit, a step too far. But we are a, they're a good matchup for in terms of the the pot one team we could have faced, there wasn't a whole lot better than we could have drawn. Yeah. And I think getting that point could very much be the difference here. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly think four points is going to be enough to get second. But five. Five for sure. Yeah. Five, get, would, I guarantee it. But four is, I'd give that a pretty high chance. But I think then we're hoping that England have already have a win when they play us. So that then like they just, They start with Iran, which helps us in our favor, especially if they're able to do they start? Yep, they start with Iran and we start with the winner of the playoff. Ah, Okay. So that's that is actually it's if we draw England, that's possibly a best case scenario. If we beat if we win our first game and Iran is coming into our last game needing a win, we that's setting up very well for us. We don't want it on Iran to get a tie though. We because if they get a point, then England pulls up like oh like we need a win. Yeah. No. So if England wins that first game against Iran, that is sets up very well for how we should be playing them in the third game. Yeah. And hopefully the England, we do a France, uh, Denmark thing. It was like 2018. France, Denmark, Peru, last game. Uh, both teams just needed a point. So they just played. Yeah. I mean, all right. Actually, this is—is is it better for us if England are trying to aggress, have like an impetus to go and attack us, as opposed to sitting back? Like, is this like? Is this I would, like? I would rather them come at us because, granted, we can get into this either this episode or a little bit later. I don't know who he's bringing in or who Greg is going to bring in for our back line. If it's Miles Robinson and Zimmerman, I don't want to try to pressure England. Yeah. Because between Mount, Sterling, and Kane, they are going to be over, one, Sterling's faster than Robinson, I think. Two, they are more technically sound than anybody they've ever played against. I feel like that's just a nightmare waiting to happen. Yeah. Our our worst case with England has to be a, a loss by only a goal. This is going to be too close of a group to have. Like, if, if you lose a game by multiple goals, you're done. If any team other than England loses a- any game by potentially more than two goals, you are really behind because this is going to be a very tight group. Yeah. We do not want to go into the Iran game where we need a win and Iran do not. On top of that, we don't want to try to make up goal differential versus Iran either. 
that is not going to work very well. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we have now the fourth team in the group. You say it's likely going to be Wales, and I believe they are the highest ranked team. I'm not sure they're the most talented, honestly. They're, the, they're favored because it's going to be at home to Wales. That's ah. the biggest reason for their favorability. Okay, that makes in, sense. In terms of talent, granted, they will have arguably, depending on how much you rate him, he might be the best player on the field in Gareth Bale at any point in time versus anybody other than England. Yeah. But then they have basically, they do have two good defenders that play for Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, that is uh, Joe Rodon and Ben Davies. They, I mean, they're perfectly good, but for all the purposes, and then they also have Daniel James who plays for Leeds as yeah. a uh, partner striker with Gareth Bale. But on top of, other than that, the vast majority of their team plays in the third English division, not even in the championship. Really? Mm-hmm. I just, I saw a bunch of English flags. I assumed with the championship players. No, you're, you're looking at Birdmouth. You're looking at Sheffield United. You're looking at Swindon Town, Portsmouth. Huh. Um, Cardiff City for Wales. Okay. Uh, there's not a there's not a lot of depth here. You're you're basically that's borderline. They do have Ethan Ampadu, who is supposed to be the defensive anchor that was going to save them. Save. Ven- uh, he he's uh, with Venezia. Yeah, who was supposed to save them from relegation? I don't know how well that's going, but yeah, I think it's worth noting though the good a lot of the good players you've cited are either defenders or attackers their midfield is on paper it's terrible okay. uh, they on harry wilson uh he's for fulham he is probably their best midfielder yeah um they usually play uh they played their game against austria in a 3-5-2 i can't say i'm that familiar with their tactics but as with iran they like to sit back and they concede possession and then try to feed it to bail. That's yeah. basically all that they got. Depending um, on who's our keeper, that might be all they need. I'm hoping it's Turner, but that's neither here nor there, unfortunately, <laughs> at this point. But this, there's, it's kind of a double-edged sword here. I would say that we would have the better chance of scoring and winning against Wales. The problem is, or I should say something that could potentially pop up is this is our first game would be against Wales in the group. Now, historically, the first game of the group, regardless of who who is playing, is usually very conservative because nobody wants to lose it on the first game because they went for it and got burned. So even though we do match up well on paper, I would not be shocked if because of nerves and the spotlight and just nervousness that we end up drawing this game 1-1. We don't Which want isn't to a disaster, team, but but yeah. This is the most beatable team. It's it, the, Wales is going to be easier. It's kind of a oxymoron. Wales is going to be easier to beat than Iran. But Wales also has a better chance of beating us than Iran does too. Yeah. 
So, yeah. But if I'm looking at this midfield now and... Um, on paper, there's <laughs> nothing that should scare us. Um, yeah. I mean, they... I assume they've got... I, they did okay. They've done okay competitively. They beat Sweden, who are good. They are... I assume they're the reason. They're the 20... They're like a top 30 team in the rankings. But, you know, this is going to be a test on this is going to be a bit of a referendum on Greg because they pose a tactical challenge, but you definitely have the horses to beat them. I would say this would be a pretty big disappointment if we do not get out of this group. Now, that's not to say that it should be a cakewalk or easy by any stretch of the imagination. We're probably in any game that we win, it's probably only going to be by a game and we might only make it out of the group by a point. But the point is we should be expected to get out of this group. Yeah. Uh, that should at bare minimum be the expectation for I think state. something I'm pleasant been pleasantly surprised with is across the board US media has been like, yeah, you need to get out of the group. Yes. Like I, I, mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, MLS soccer, uh, Fox, CBS, everybody is pretty gung ho on. We're good enough to get out of this group. It might not be 2010. <laughs> we should get out. Of, we should get out of this group. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, we should look at the teams that may qualify. I don't think it's fair to assume that, even though they're the most likely. Uh, I would not want to jinx ourselves by gliding off the other teams. So I was saying I don't know if Wales is the most talented group of players that we could face from that part, and that was somewhat of reference to Scotland, who have a couple really good players. Uh, Kieran Cione, who's who, bef- who was stayed up Arsenal's best player, I think, for at least for the start of the season. Um, you have Andrew Robertson, who is a key player for that Liverpool side, which just gets 90 points when they're healthy. They have a bunch of, unlike Wales, they don't have third division players. They have some Scottish League players. They have players in the Premier League. They have players in the Championship. Would we prefer Wales to Scotland? I would, because Scotland is going to be another Iran, just with more talent. Hmm. Um, Wales is going to be a little bit more open, I feel like, because they have the confidence in Bale. They have the number one striker that they can go through. I feel like Scotland is going to be more apt to just sit back and just invite. Now, I don't, I can't speak for how good their striker position is, but hist- like, for example, in the last Euros, they were able to get a draw out of England. That's yeah. how defensively apt that they were. Now, granted, we, as we alluded to, England isn't great with the ball, but even England wasn't able to break down their block. So, yeah. I would personally, I would prefer either Ukraine or Wales. All right. Yeah. Um, I think it's worth noting 
this is a point which I've heard anchors make, which I don't think is completely ridiculous. It's that when a home country, when like one of England, Scotland, really Scotland and Ireland, Wales, when they play England, they play hard. So if we consider getting a point against England a potential tiebreaker, it's worth noting that two of the three teams we could be drawing will have motivation and maybe playing better than they usually do to secure that point. Correct. It's also possible that a team like Scotland looks ahead to England and blows it against us in our first game, but who knows? Yeah. And then with Ukraine, the majority of their team is the domestic league. Um, they do have Yarmolinko, who plays for West Ham United. He and is... they have someone at City. Yes, that is Zinchenko. Um, both of them are going to be starting. Uh, Yarmolinko is one of their most dangerous scorers. They have, he has 44 goals in his career with Ukraine. Um, Ukraine is on paper, they are probably the weakest of the three potential opponents, but there's a couple of things. They were good enough to get out to the quarterfinals of the Euros. Yeah. Take that as you will. But then they lost four to nothing to England. So take that with a grain of salt. Also, we do not know, unfortunately, what their, how their political standing is going to Uh, affect them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible that they're not even able to play against their game against Scotland, which yeah. would be terrible. And I'm not wishing that upon them by any stretch of the imagination, but we don't know what's going to happen. Grant, hopefully stuff clears up here in a couple of months, but I can't imagine putting the team in a situation where people have to leave their families in a country that's being invaded. So yeah. We'll see how that plays out. It's possible we they just all kicked out. I think they just they not they like they aren't capable unable to field a team to uh, try and qualify. But um, theoretically, if they were to make it, they play the most expansively of the teams we could face, don't they? Yes, if they do play the more open style as opposed to both Wales and Scotland. It's just, do you want to go against a team that has literally the world on its back? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So we'll just have to wait on C on that, though. But currently, Wales is favored. And that's really comes down to, one, not having to play the second game. They've already played that. Yeah. And then they have a, the, the final is going to be at home against yeah. whoever wins between Scotland and Ukraine. So yeah. Who do we want to get in the group? Wales? I would say Wales. Um not to say that they're going to again, no one's going to be easy, but I like our chances of winning against Wales or or Ukraine um than Scotland. If I had to take a pick over yeah. three. Um yeah, I think Ukraine and Wales are in a similar spot where they have some top-end dudes and then the depth is just not there. So I think we've covered the teams. What 
what do you expect to what is your like what is the most what is like the median outcome for like um this group I what do you expect to be five points if i had like right now based on let's just for example uh greg brings the exact same lineup that he just brought in, but for this last qualifying cycle but he includes Dest, McKenney, and Aronson, assuming they're healthy. I'm a, we would assume that they'd be back. I would expect four or five points from this group. I think I'm in the same spot, four or five points. Though, historically, the um, I guess the historical precedent is that we tie Wales or Scotland or whatever, beat England, lose to Iran, and... Uh, Hang on for dear life. <laughs> and just and uh, then um, Ukraine on somehow beats England <laughs> to if, put us in the World if Cup. We win, if we win our first game, I actually really like our chances of six. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be our highest total we've ever had. We've never had more than two wins. We had six points in 1930 when we finished third. I don't know if I'm going to count that. <laughs> yeah. Modern times, since our current modern, since 1990, we have not had more than five points. Yeah, we haven't. And we only got five points once, I believe. Um, yeah, in 2010. Yeah, with England. Yes. So if we win our first game, I really like our chances. The only thing I think that would derail us is if we lost. Um, I that think would be a disaster. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't think we can. If we lose, I think that's it. I yeah. I don't see us making that up, unfortunately. But I do believe if I if I had to pick, I think it's we're going to draw against Wales. We're going to draw against England, and then eke out a one nothing win versus Iran in the last game. Hmm. I would. That would be. That would be my pick. I mean, the way you've been talking, I would have expected you to flip. Um, the reason they'll... being, I honestly think the nerves for both teams are going to lead to a draw in the first game Okay. against Wales. Just historically, the first game of any group game is usually pretty tight. Hmm. Um, and then England, I think, will be more comfortable. And that's going to be the team that they're going to take the position away from us, which was going to play into our strengths. That's yeah. going to give us to us. And then at that point, I don't think I, the key to this is I don't think the game versus Wales and Iran is going to have a winner. I think it's going to be a draw. Ah, okay. Which means Iran. What, yes. Which means Iran is going to be coming into our game, needing a win to progress. Okay. That plays right into our hands. That, like for example, I think England is going to finish with seven. We're going to get five. Um, Wales is only, and then Wales and Iran are only going to have one of these. Or uh, excuse me, Wales is going to have two. Iran will have one. Yeah, um, I think I would put from there from two to five points is like the most likely outcomes. I think for, and I think four or five is more likely than three or two, which should get us out. The good thing about this draw is 
in group A, we have a... We will have a favorable matchup regardless of whether or not we get first or second in the group. Yeah. Uh, I assume we want to avoid the Netherlands. Like, best case scenario, we don't play the Netherlands. Do you want to move on to group A then? Yeah, why not? Say with group A, we have the host nation, obviously, in Qatar. And then we have Ecuador, who they finished fourth in Cannonball, but they were in third for a very long time. And they were only only taken by Uruguay because they really didn't need anything in order to qualify. Yeah. So they they were the very easily the third most impressive team out of South America coming Got out of points against Brazil and yes. Argentina. Yep. They were able to poach points off of both of them. And I believe they had a very good win against Uruguay as well. Um, so they're not a they're they came out of pot four, but that is one of those teams that is criminally underranked. Yeah. So I would definitely not overlook them. Uh, we have Senegal, who is the AFCON reigning winner. They have a lot of good they players. They potentially have the three best players in that pot. Um, they have one of the best goalkeepers in the world. They yeah. have one of the best defenders in the world, and they have arguably the best striker in the world. Yeah. So they are, for, granted, most teams from Africa, for whatever reason, don't historically do good. Look to Senegal to break that trend. Yeah. And then you have the Netherlands, who this isn't the same Netherlands team that's been a World Cup favorite the last two cycles. Um, basically, they have Depay still, but they don't have the quality that they've had in 18 and 14. Now, they're still very good, and they're still the favorites to probably win this pot, or excuse me, this group, but I don't see them being a World Cup favorite. Right. I think they've taken a step back from that. Dark horse. So I, yes. So if I had to pick, I would say it's going to be either Senegal or Netherlands. I right. probably put my money on Netherlands to top, and then Senegal gets second. If I had to pick, but this Ecuador. is be, yeah, Ecuador can absolutely come out of this as well. The only team I don't think has a shot is unfortunately Qatar. Even with whatever home court advantage you want to throw at them, I don't see them putting up a massive fight against these three teams. I think it is worth pointing out. The last time they played a competitive games at home, Qatar beat Japan and South Korea for the Asian Oh, they, they are the reigning uh, Asian Cup champions. Yeah. Um, so, and they obviously got to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Which isn't so, really that impressive, but... <laughs> it's, it's better than nothing. So. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out South Africa were pretty similar to Qatar in that they never made a World Cup. I I think that ELO was lower than... Um, oh, I, they were almost triple digits. I think, weren't they? I can look uh, that up here really quick. By all means, you are able to navigate ELO a lot faster than I am. Well, I, I'm actually going to go by their FIFA ranking at this one. 
because Elo's going to take a while. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but either way, um, I don't see Qatar coming out of this group. Um, I do think it's going to be Netherlands and Senegal. South Africa was 83rd in oh, FIFA rankings. Okay, so I'm going to say South Africa finished third on goal differential. Um, they actually did pretty good because they actually ended up beating France that last game. Yeah, they beat France tied. Yes, uh, they tied. Uh, they it was they tied with Mexico on four points, but they had the goal differential. Because, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not saying I expect Qatar to advance, but we shouldn't like their funeral yet. Like home teams usually overperform and. The only team that has not made it out of the group while hosting the tournament missed out on goal differential, and they were ranked lower than Qatar was and probably had a less impressive international track record leading into the World Cup. Um, So, you know. That's fair. Just saying. Yep. Um, Who do we want, I guess? So we don't want the Netherlands, I assume. Well, it's this is something that I was looking into because the winner of Group A plays the runner-up of Group B, and then yeah. vice versa. However, those two, both of those games are going to be at opposite ends of the bracket when you reach the knockouts. So it's kind of what do you prefer? If let's just say we get second, yeah our most likely opponent on paper is going to be the Netherlands. And then let's just say we beat the Netherlands. Anything can happen in a one-off game. Our quarterfinal matchup is more likely going to be Argentina from Group C because they're favored to win that group. Yeah. Now, if we win Group B, which isn't... That is not an unreasonable shout-out, by by the way. That's possible. That's absolutely possible we're probably going to go up against either Ecuador or Senegal. Yeah. Which is, I would prefer Ecuador over Senegal by all means. I'm very happy we did not get, Senegal was the one team out of pot three I did not want to get, but they are on paper easier than Netherlands, but then our quarterfinal team would then be France. Which I think is, I'm happy with the quarterfinals. Like if we make it. Yeah, it's not... basically, do you prefer is, would you rather have an easier time to the quarterfinals or have an easier, albeit still very hard, chance to the semis? Give me so the quarterfinals. I think most people, well, also, when, uh, when I say that, if we win the group, we have an easier chance of getting yeah. to the quarterfinals, but we are, realistically, we aren't going to beat France. They yeah. are a terrible matchup for us. Just, Argentina. Yeah. Argentina is a good matchup, theoretically, I think. Right. But the problem but, is you have to get to, through Netherlands in order to get there. Also, the undefeated in qualifying. Yeah, they are probably going to break the undefeated record by the time that the World Cup comes around. Yeah. So, um, so. we should, yeah. Um, Senegal, you know, they have, they honestly might have the second the third most talented team on paper of any of the two groups of anyone in those two groups but as you've alluded to afcon teams caf teams 
10 to underperform. And um, usually even teams that win AFCON don't make it out. And I will say- They look at the Coast historically. Yeah, historically. Yes. And um, I think it's, it's, if we just look at their results, they haven't really been that good. Um, Elo has them, I've had them at 34, I think. Um, a lot of that is because in AFCON, they were in a group with... Uh, I actually have it. Huh? I actually have it. I actually had that pulled up because I figured we might need to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so they were in a group with Guinea, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. And, and they only had five points. And it was it came off a penalty and stoppage time. Yeah. Um, in the 97th minute against Zimbabwe. Yeah. And, you know, they won a tournament on penalties against... Egypt, Egypt, who yes. were who just completely collapsed against Saudi Arabia the last time we saw them. Yes. Say so to give you an idea to go off what you were saying about the performances. In all in this last iteration of AFCON, in 32 group stage games, there were 19 games that had one goal or less. Yeah. In over 48 games in CONCACAF qualifying, there is only 18. So for whatever reason, when it comes to a large tournament and, you know, bigger stakes, they play, African teams tend to play very tight. Yeah. Say the only team that uh, we'll touch on them later uh, is Morocco. They were probably the most impressive team to come out of qualifying, but that comes with a cash heap. We can come to them uh, a little bit later on. But who do you see coming out of Group A? And who is potentially our knockout stage opponent? I want to say Senegal because of all that quality. I mean, okay, the Netherlands are the most likely opponent because second first, but setting a line, the Netherlands. I really, I'm tempted to say Senegal, their quality is just, they have the arguably the world's best goalkeeper. I think that's an argument. You can make that one. Top, top 10 to top five. And for, okay. At, sure. at worst, at worst. Yeah, sure. Man, is great. They have Mane. They have all, they've, they've also been playing with each other for a long time. They've experienced in multiple major tournaments, including the world, last World Cup, where they were eliminated. They, they missed out. But that being said, you would think experience, talent, cohesion, they should pull up, they should get out. But, you know, I'm looking at this group. Bermuda, who were smoked by Suriname, um, probably have the best two players. If not, I don't mean, it's like, if I was to look at the worst team in that group, think... Bermuda probably have two the two best players on that field. And like this is just the thing, which is why when we're talking about CAF teams tending to underperform their talent, they tend to just not, they tend to struggle with beating the teams they should beat on paper. And we're talking about Qatar, who with how host nations do. I could easily see this just ending up like they just can't find a goal against Qatar. Like, 
I think that's a possibility. And then you have Ecuador, who don't really have the talents, I think, on paper that Senegal do, but they got points against Brazil and Argentina and Uruguay. Are you really going to bet against them getting at least a point here? So to me, it's a toss-up between Ecuador and Senegal. Um, I would prefer we got Ecuador because I think we match up better tactically. I think I, I, w- I would I would rather have Ecuador than Senegal. I I really would not want to play Senegal. Yeah, it just you just signed similar to Ghana in 2010. You know, yeah, they that that Isles just does not. No, you you have a goalkeeper that's better than Davos, and you have a striker that's better than Bale. That is a disaster for us waiting to happen. Yeah, but, um, you know, I would not assume Senegal are going to go, are going to make it, which I think a lot of people have been doing. But I do think, I, th- I think it's a toss up between Senegal and Ecuador. It's like there's quality and there's the on paper experience and shit. And then the, there's that ability to, be play better than some of your thoughts. And then I think Qatar may just completely be a little, you may just walk them over. Like, oh, look, they almost took a three-goal lead to El Salvador and they lost to the USC team. Or they might do what South Africa did and what Russia did to an extent where they just play really well at home and and become and and take points off the teams that are supposed to destroy them. I think that group's kind of up for grabs. I don't think we should like just assume we're going to play X team or Y team. I think we could end up playing anyone, and I'm hoping it's Ecuador or Qatar. Okay. Well, next down the road, since we've already done Group B, is going to be Group C, which that contains Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Now... On paper, Argentina should be favored to pretty cleanly come out of this group. Um, they are obviously they're a World Cup contender. They have the longest current international undefeated streak of all teams. And then we have three other teams that are fairly wide open. Um, obviously, we have Mexico pretty familiar with them for those that are fans of CONCACAF. And then you have Poland who on paper are very familiar or similar to Wales. They have a world-class striker in Lewandowski who is substantially better than Bale. But then after him, just like Wales, there's not a ton else. Um, And then on paper, the weakest team is Saudi Arabia, but just like with Iran, they did very good in their qualifying cycle. They did better than both Australia and Japan, who see what you will of Australia. Japan is historically very good. Um, they got out of the knockout rounds last time and almost beat Belgium. Yeah. So, uh, the, I, I, I would argue that they should have beat Belgium considering how that game was going. And unfortunately they blew it. I would. Okay. I would say 
you should win games with two goals up, but that's that's kind. Of, if you if you are good enough to reach the knockouts, you should be able to see out a two nothing lead. Yeah, I'll throw that, especially after the 60th minute. I'll I will say they there. were they were pretty clobbered pretty heavily in the XG department. Yeah, I'll I'll. But either way, if you have a two yeah. goal lead, yeah, at absolutely. that point you should see it out. But so there's a lot of intrigue in this group here. Then, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we I disagree that Argentina is going to win. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it all really comes in, in theory. It's going to come down to the first game versus Mexico and Poland. Now, Mexico for they did not play well this qualifying cycle. They were arguably as bad as they were in 2013, which, if you remember, that didn't matter at all. Yeah, because then when they got to the 2014 World Cup, it was arguably the best team Mexico has ever fielded um, in terms of on the field play. I should yeah, say, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they flat out were up until the 89th minute were deservedly beating Netherlands. I okay, I wouldn't say they would. I think Netherlands were the better team over the run of the. Oh, I, I would argue that the the way. You know how we beat Spain in 2009? Yeah. The way that we managed the game, we deserved to beat the superior yeah. opponent. Netherlands is, is still a better team than Mexico, but Mexico yeah. played a better game. Yeah. That game. That would be what I would say. Yeah. I, so, I think that was, it was basically, they were playing really well for the first 45 minutes, and then they thought they took out, um, what's his name? Uh, as you know, he scored a memorable goal against us in the Geo. I, I know who you're talking about. I can't. Uh... Giovanni Dos Santos. Yes, Giovanni Dos Santos. They took him off. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And then suddenly Netherlands were just creating chances and chances they, and they chances. They make a defensive substitution and it just did not work out. Yeah. And it was kind of out of character for P.O. Joe. Uh-huh. So, but in terms of who's probably going to get second in this group, it's probably good if there is a decisive winner in that first game versus Mexico and Poland, that's going to go a long way. I really feel like it's going to come down to that, but I don't count out Saudi Arabia of at least playing a part in deciding who. Yeah, they did beat Egypt. Again, they performed very well in their own right in qualifying. Yeah, they are by far the lowest ranked team, but they beat Japan um, during qualifying, um, and they only lost once, and that was away to Japan. Yeah, they have they actually have more impressive results in qualifying than Iran did. Huh? In terms of wins. The best team that Iran actually beat was uh, United, uh, was UAE. Hmm. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. O- um, overlook them at your own risk. Yeah, also, Saudi Arabia seemed like if we go off CONCACAF qualifying, where Mexico usually struggle for some reason, Saudi Arabia seemed like the kind of team Mexico would struggle against. Yep. Saudi Arabia is very CONCACAF-y. So... Yeah. Um, We'll see, though, we do expect Mexico to finish second, right? I'm going to say that they're going to finish second until they stop doing it. So, yeah. 
I mean, you know, we can say this all. Also, I don't think Poland are that good outside of. I think Poland is a worse version than Wales. Yeah, I think I think Mexico got a very nice draw. I would I would prefer to be in Mexico's group, arguably, than England or than our current one. Yeah, but I'll take it. So, all yeah. right, that leaves uh, Argentina and Mexico advancing out of that. Which gives us to Group D, which, in my opinion, this is the easiest group that happened to be drawn. We have France. We have the winner of the other playoff, which is the AFC Comedy Bowl uh, playoff winner, is going to be in that group. We also then have Denmark from Pot 2 and then Tunisia from Pot 3. France are the overwhelming favorites to top this group. And then probably it's going to be Peru beating Australia in that playoff. I think that would be assumed. Yeah, it's probable. Yeah, Tunisia isn't that great in terms of results. They, in AFCON, they were, they got third in their group and the same group with Mali. Yeah. They only got three points. And then they ended up beating Mali, ironically, in the knockout to qualify. But they only did it on one goal over to the two games. They basically just sat back and hoped for a draw. Yeah. And they got it. So this is, on paper, the most the least impressive group. Denmark is sort of a dark horse. Uh, they're very... Uh, with Ericsson coming back, which... Congrats to him, by the way. Um, he, for all intents and purposes, was dead on the field yeah. just a couple months ago, and he is already back. And by all accounts, he's going to be fully healthy and bringing He just play. scored a... Yes, he made a substitute uh, score in this last friendly, which couldn't write it any better than that. Oh, I mean, in, in the, didn't he just score against Chelsea in a 4-1 win? I did not watch his club. I just watched. I watched the friendlies. Okay, because uh, he. I think he just scored a hat trick against Chelsea. So. so, but either way, um, that is good for Denmark. That is arguably their best player coming back at a time where they need him most. Yeah, I think Denmark takes second in this group. I think so too. So I, 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 I don't think unless you see something otherwise. I think this is pretty the most straightforward group that we have. I think Peru should not be discounted completely. Um, they were, they, they beat Columbia away. Uh, they got some decent qualifying results. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Denmark should get the... So any team that comes out of Comedy Bowl should be taken at least seriously. But yeah. I do think Denmark has the tools to win this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I will say that like individual quality of player hasn't necessarily matched up with what they've been performing at, which is they were basically unbeaten qualification until a throwaway game against uh, Scotland. They made a de- they made a strong run in the Euros semis. Uh, they took England to to extra time. So I don't know if that quality is going to limit them at the World Cup. Like, they don't have a bunch, a lot of players regularly playing in Champions League sides. They have a bunch of players who are kind of at the getting bench minutes 
or like not getting minutes at fed clubs um but all that being said they've been performing like a top 10 team i think for like the last they were actually ranked in 2018 they just completely collapsed yeah in 2018 they also made it out of an easy they made it out of an easy group but they made it out they were decent men they've been better since the euros so yeah um denmark potentially could be pose a threat to france and i think they are clear favorites for second at least in this group all right well next up is going to be group e which if we're going to call any team the group of death this is it we have spain coming out of pot one we got germany coming out of pot two we got Japan coming out of pot three. Mm. And then this is going to be yet to be determined, which is the CONCACAF uh, Oceana playoff winner. But I think we're going to throw Costa Rica in here for argument purposes, unless you yeah. think Oceana is going to come up with a pretty major upset. I mean, okay. So the one thing I will say about Costa Rica versus New Zealand, Costa Rica have struggled to score goals. And it doesn't help that their best attacker on paper is just not, is just a fused call-up for the national team. So, you know, this is the kind of game that they are expected to win, so it might play against them. If that also, makes. ironically, I don't think, because Costa Rica, as we historically, they are very much bunker counterattack. They're going yeah. to beat you in transition. They're probably going to have more of the ball versus yeah. New Zealand. So that might play into Oceana's hands, but we'll see. Either okay. way, um, whoever comes out of that is on paper going to be the worst team in this group. Yeah. Uh, I but think it's going to be Spain and Germany. Take your pick of which one. Spain was the ranked team, but Germany has come around since the coach yeah. change, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, granted, they started their qualifying terribly. They lost at home to North Macedonia. But then they won all nine of their remaining games very convincingly. And I think the big change here was Hansi Flick taking over. Yes. After I, I winning a double with Bayern. They got a good boost. So I think it's going to be either Germany or Spain. Who do we think... Is going to win then? Like, who's your pick for winning that? I'm going to pick Germany on goal differential. Hmm. Do you think Germany and Spain played it though, and then Germany just are able to just yeah? Beat I think the other because teams? Spain historically they win their games, but they don't win three to nothing. Yeah. Germany is more likely to win at least one of their games by multiple goals. And I think that's going to be the ticket. I think both of them are tied with seven points. Um, I think Japan uh, gets third. And I think I'm, I'm picking Costa Rica to come out of the group. Um, I think they get last. Yeah. Don't discount Navas completely, though. Oh, no. I like They can get a point. I think it's, 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 it's not impossible. They get, like, a win or... Oh, get like a result or some win off yes. like a goal and Navas just being the best keeper. But, all right. So who, who do you think is going to be either Spain or Germany? 
I'm convinced by your logic, even though I think Spain has been better as of late. Um, I think that I find your argument compelling that Germany would by Spain can absolutely beat Germany, and I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if one of these teams has nine points. But yeah, Spain is right now. Spain and Germany are pretty close in terms of expectations. So I wouldn't call either of them a absolute favorite to win yeah. the World Cup. But I also wouldn't be shocked if either one of them did. Yeah. So okay. I think they're like in that. So you, I think the consensus is Argentina, Brazil, France. Those are like the tier one teams. Yes. And, and then, then you Germany, have Germany, Spain, England. Yeah. Germany, Spain, England. Um, and then below that, will which actually leads us into Group F, is going to be Belgium, which is from Pot One. Is Belgium, is Belgium really below um, Spain and Germany? Uh, what was the last rankings here? I think the third. Belgium the, is like, second. And FIFA. Okay. I think ELO has them like third of. They are fourth in ELO. Uh, they are 30 points ahead of Spain and ELO. Spain, uh, for people that are listening or going to be listening, ELO has Brazil, France, Argentina, Belgium, Spain, England, Italy, Portugal, Germany, Netherlands. Yeah. So. Um, and so... then for the rest of Group E then... Uh, it's Belgium, our friendly neighbor, or excuse me, Group F, excuse me. It's our friendly neighbors to the north in Canada, the last CONCACAF team, uh, Morocco okay. and Croatia. A pretty Even exciting team. group. Yeah. All things considered. Uh, also a lot of talent. You have like uh, Kevin De Bruyne, you have Alfonso Davies, and you have uh, Luca from Croatia. Yeah, we have some top tier talent coming out of this one. Don't forget Jonathan uh, David. That is true. He is probably right now he's the most informed striker of anybody in that group. I don't know how that's going to come come November, but I think it's this is probably going to. If you had any person that's never watched soccer, I would advise them to watch this group because yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be high scoring, exciting, and. I'm kind of curious in how you think this is going to shape out here. Well, the I guess, I guess from the Canadian perspective here, this is the model, the best case scenario is just they are like the souped up Costa Rica of 2014. They sit back, they absorb, they counter with pace, score goals, get out, win the group, I don't know, whatever. They just Costa Rica the shit out of this thing. Um I don't know how well their dominance in CONCACAF will translate, but I do think how they've played specifically against the U.S. and Mexico um, with Davies on the field gives them a good chance, gives them a shot at advancing, I think. Morocco, they lost to Iran, but besides that, they were able to get points against Spain and Portugal, they have they have a deep they have a lot of depth. Like they may not have the top end quality of the other two teams, but they have more depth than Canada, I think. Though what's probably gonna hurt them is their best player theoretically isn't just the tired from international football. Um 
I think Croatia are an age are sort of like they're at the end of their generational cycle, which could mean they are which could bode badly. And then you have Belgium, who you know, I still expect them to. I expect them to win. I think you know they've not been able to get the trophy, but they've been good. They've been consistently pretty good over the last four major tournaments. They were the second best team last World Cup. They lost the eventual champions in the Euros. I, I think they'll I think they'll be able to win this, but I think from the next three teams, it, it's anyone's game, honestly. I think any of these three teams could make it. Um I'm it's hard to bet against the runners up of the last World Cup. So I'd probably have Croatia second, but I think Canada can absolutely make it out of this. And I think Morocco have a chance too. So I think Belgium ends up winning. And for probably the biggest upset so far, I'm actually favorable to Morocco. Huh. I really like them. Of all the African teams, they've had yeah. some pretty good results. They won their group in AFCON and they lost to Egypt in the quarterfinals, two to one. And Egypt wasn't exactly a bad team. So take that on them and they were they put up the most impressive scoreline of any African team now granted that was against uh, Congo so take that as you will but they they played better than Iran did in the game in 2018 yeah they ha- they the only reason why they lost that game was because of some of the worst defending I've ever seen that led to an own goal in the 95th minute yeah the only reason Iran won that game they then had the lead against Spain. So, yeah, take that is, I think it's going to be Morocco coming out of that group. I think Croatia is going to, I think is then going to come, not, but I also think any other of Croatia and Canada could also come out of it. Yeah. So, but I, I'm, I'm partial to the narrative concept of Canada just like being the new Costa Rica of CONCACAF I want them to get out but Morocco are like just compared to the other teams in this group including Morocco Canada just they let they don't have that they have that top end but once you get lower into the pool the talent stops matching up I think but you know they may not I think Canada's play style and their youth and could very well then do all of that mood. I think we only got eight minutes, so we're going to have to uh, bust through these last two groups here pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, we can also, we can just like lead, do the thing, and I can edit the... Oh, sure. Um, So the next team is going to be Group G, which is Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. In a stroke of irony, Brazil, Serbia, and Switzerland... We're all in the same group in the 2018 World Cup. Wouldn't you know it? So, and this group, I think it's pretty easily going to be Brazil. I don't think they're going to be troubled much other than anybody than Switzerland, who, to their credit, did get a draw last time out in the 2018 World Cup. And I do think it's going to be Switzerland coming out of this in second. Um, I think Serbia could challenge, could offer it. I mean, Serbia they did. Could. If, if it's going to be anybody other than Swiss, I don't think Cameroon, unfor- 
no disrespect to them. Um, the only reason why they're here is because they pulled off perhaps the most dramatic yeah. goal in African qualifying history. Yeah. Algeria. Um, otherwise, they they were literally 10 seconds away from not being here. So, yeah. I will uh, say, though, they did, to qualify, they got past Ivy Coast, who are theoretically the most talented team. I think you could argue they are theoretically the most talented team in Africa. And then they got beat Algeria, who I think were on this massive international undefeated streak until they collapsed in AFCON. I think that's worth consideration. I will say I wouldn't be so... It's not clear to me that Switzerland should be considered favorites over Serbia. Um, Serbia have a lot of good talent and they are deep. Like they have, they don't, they have their midfield, their defense, their every, they have good players at every part of the pitch. They knocked out Italy. Um, they knocked Italy off. Um, I don't recall how well they did in the Euros, but um, I think they can, I think I, to me, it's more of a toss up between Switzerland and Serbia. Like I would have, if there was a part three team I did not want, it was probably Serbia. And they then, were my, they were my, for me, it was Senegal and then Serbia. Yeah. And then Iran, so. Yeah, those are the two teams. I. And Iran is, I think, like third for me, but that's, not here, not there. Um, but yeah, okay, should we do group H? Yep, so the last group is group H with Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and South Korea. We have multiple rematches of knockout rounds. We have the rematch of Portugal versus Uruguay in 2018, and we also have the dramatic rematch of Ghana and Uruguay in the 2010 semifinals, which, yeah. if you don't remember, Luis Suarez, being himself, decided to bat a ball on the line and was rewarded for it, because, of course, he was. <laughs> so this is actually a pretty wide-open group as well. If this was 2010, it would be a group of death. Yes, but unfortunately, Uruguay, while not terrible, has taken a step back. Um, Ghana is, on paper, the worst team in this group. They are... They did horrifically at AFCON. <laughs> yeah, their golden generation has aged out. Um, you do have South Korea, who can absolutely make things interesting. South Korea are probably aren't as good as they were in 2010. They still do have O, who this might be his swan song. Um, I don't know if he's going to want to do something in his mid to late 30s in a, yeah. uh, four years from now. So this might be the last time you see him. Also of note, this is probably going to be Portugal's, or excuse me, Ronaldo's of Portugal's yeah. last World Cup. So we're going to see how big of an impact he has in this. Um, yeah. Personally, I think it's going to be in take your pick order, Uruguay and Portugal. Um, yeah. But, Uruguay, to qualify, they basically got a new coach and just won everything. Say, up until five games ago, Uruguay wasn't even in the playoffs. Yeah. So they pulled off a pretty good streak to end qualifying. They actually passed Ecuador. Yeah. But they 
Um, Luis Suarez is still there. Is art very dangerous still, even in his, I think he's what, 34, 33. Yeah. Um, but he's still playing at a reasonably high level. Um, so I would pick both Portugal and Uruguay. Yeah, go. I think I agree. It's them. I think, I think that's the, uh, probably poses the, actually, I don't even, I'm not sure who I, I think South Korea poses the biggest threat, but Ghana has a history of just being annoying to bigger teams. I mean, even here, they went out in the group stage of AFCON and then they beat Nigeria, who are probably the closest equivalent, the um, African, the, the CAF, I don't know how, I do not remember how you say the full thing, but CAFs like they are the closest CAF probably has to a U.S. Confederation of African Football. Confederation of African Football has to a U.S. or Mexico. The I wouldn't completely dismiss Ghana as being capable of, especially because there's going to be some historical motivation here, which could have them playing out of their minds in certain games. Yeah. Actually, that that also applies to South Korea because they also were knocked out by Uruguay. Yep. Portugal were knocked out by Uruguay. Like, I don't know, maybe Uruguay just get once they get here, they do good. Yes, uh, they it, do. It's hard, to, it's hard to bet against them. Yeah, I, I won't bet. I'm not gonna bet it against Uruguay because Uruguay have been the best team of these four. Historically. Yeah, yes. and even recently. Like, so yeah, I think it's I agree with you. I think that's that. And I think, <laughs> I guess last thing, uh, who do we think is gonna win the World Cup? I think it's going to be Brazil. I'm I'm going to be boring. I'm going to pick chalk. I think it's going to be Brazil and France. And for the first time in decades, I think it's going to be a repeat with France beating Brazil. Yeah. Do, you, do we make anything of that dubious history of World Cup champions in group stages? I Let me put it this way. This would be the worst example of that if yeah. France doesn't come out of that group, that would be, that'd be worse than Germany in 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to go with Brazil because they were, they almost went perfect in qualifying. They have talent and the Brazil you don't bet against Brazil. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Great podcast. We have less than one minute. So I think we'll end it here.